Mater Dei Radio proudly presents The Glory of the Mass with Terry Ross. From the earliest roots of the Christian faith, music has played a central role in holy worship. For the next hour, let your spirit soar as we highlight selected pieces of beautiful sacred music from the rich history of the Catholic liturgy. Now, here's the host of The Glory of the Mass, Terry Ross. Welcome to The Glory of the Mass, a weekly program devoted to beautiful sacred music performed as part of the Catholic liturgy. I'm your host, Terry Ross, and in today's program, we'll concentrate on music for two feast days that fall this week, the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is the Sunday after Trinity Sunday, and the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, which we'll celebrate on Friday, June 11th. Both of these major feasts focus on the physical aspect of Jesus Christ, Corpus Christi on the presence of his blood and flesh in the Eucharist, and Sacred Heart on Christ's heart as a literal symbol for his love for humanity. The Feast of Corpus Christi, in Latin, it's Dies Sanctissimi Corporis et Sanguinis Domini Jesu Christi, Day of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Jesus Christ the Lord, also known as the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, celebrates the real presence of the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the elements of the Eucharist. The feast is liturgically celebrated on the Thursday after Trinity Sunday, or when the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body of Christ is not a holy day of obligation, it is assigned to the Sunday after the Most Holy Trinity, which is the case this year. The institution of Corpus Christi as a feast resulted from approximately 40 years of work on the part of Juliana of Liège, a 13th century Norbertine canoness, also known as Juliana de Cornillon, born at the end of the 12th century in Liège, Belgium, a city where there were groups of women dedicated to Eucharistic worship. Guided by priests, these women lived together devoted to prayer and to charitable works. Orphaned at the age of five, Juliana and her sister Agnes were entrusted to the care of the Augustinian nuns at the convent and leprosarium of Montcornillon, where Juliana developed a special veneration for the Blessed Sacrament. She always longed for a feast day outside of Lent in its honor. This desire was enhanced by a vision of the church under the appearance of the full moon having one dark spot, which signified the absence of such a solemnity. In 1208, she reported her first vision of Christ, in which she was instructed to plead for the institution of the Feast of Corpus Christi. This vision was repeated for the next 20 years, but she kept these a secret. When she eventually related to her confessor, he told the bishop. Juliana also petitioned Robert de Torette, Bishop of Liège. At that time, bishops could order feasts in their diocese. So in 1246, Bishop Robert ordered a celebration of Corpus Christi to be held each year on the Thursday after Trinity Sunday. The first such celebration occurred at St. Martin's Church that same year. Hugh of Saint-Cher traveled to Liège as Cardinal Legate in 1251, and finding that the feast was not being observed, reinstated it. In the following year, he established the feast for his whole jurisdiction, that's Germany, Dacia, Bohemia, and Moravia, to be celebrated on the Thursday after the Octave of Trinity, 
one week later than had been indicated for Liège, but with a certain elasticity, for he granted an indulgence for all who confessed their sins and attended church on a date and in a place where the feast was celebrated. Jacques Pantaleon of Troyes, or Troy, who was also won over to the cause of the Feast of Corpus Christi during his ministry in Liège as archdeacon. It was he who, having become Pope Urban IV in 1264, instituted by a papal bull the Solemnity of Corpus Christi on the Thursday after Trinity as a feast for the entire Latin Church. Devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is one of the most widely and well-known Roman Catholic practices taking Jesus Christ's physical heart as the representation of his divine love for humanity. Devotion to the Sacred Heart can be clearly traced back at least to the 11th century. It marked the spirituality of St. Bernard of Clairvaux in the 12th century and of St. Bonaventure and St. Gertrude the Great in the 13th. The beginnings of a devotion toward the love of God as symbolized by the heart of Jesus are found even in the Fathers of the Church, including Oregon, St. Ambrose, St. Jerome, St. Augustine of Hippo, and St. Cyprian, who referred in this regard to the Gospel of John. But the first liturgical feast of the Sacred Heart was celebrated with Episcopal approval as late as 1670 in the major seminary of Rennes, France, through the efforts of St. John Eudes. Its date has been fixed as 19 days after Pentecost on a Friday. Now, you might already know that in these programs, we focus on the parts of the Mass that are traditionally sung by a cantor or choir. Of these, there are ten. Five of them are on texts particular to a day of the Church calendar, and five others, called the Ordinary, whose texts are unchanging, are used at many different times of the Church year, such as today's Mass by the 16th-century Italian master Giovanni Pierluigi da Palestrina, the most famous and revered of all Renaissance composers. These ten alternate with one another throughout the Mass until the final distribution of the Eucharist at Communion. The first five of these are called the proper because the text of each is specific to the day it is sung. Today we'll hear all of these, the introit or entrance, the gradual sung after the first reading, the alleluia sung after the second, the offertory, sung while a celebrant prepares the gifts for communion, and the communion, sung while the gifts are distributed to the congregation. I found beautiful motet settings of four parts of the proper. The fifth, the communion, will be sung in traditional Gregorian chant. And we'll also enjoy all five parts of the ordinary, the curie, the gloria, the credo, the sanctus, and the agnus dei, in the form of Palestrina's Misa Lauda Zion, which is based on the sequence for Corpus Christi, Zion, lift up thy voice and sing. So let's get started with the introit for Corpus Christi, Chibavit Eos, from Psalm 80. He fed them with the finest of wheat. Alleluia. The singers here of Palestrina's motet on this text are the Proconcione Antiqua of London. Thank you. 
was today's introit, Chibavit Eos, sung in Palestrina's lovely motet setting. Now we can begin our Mass Ordinary, Palestrina's Misa Laudazion. First up are the Kyrie, the Lord Have Mercy, and the Gloria, the Greater Doxology, sung for us by the Pro Cancione Antiqua.
We heard first the Curie and then the Gloria of Palestrina's Mass Ordinary for Corpus Christi. We come now to the second part of the proper, the Gradual. Today's text, Oculi Omnium, is from Psalm 144. The eyes of all look towards you in hope, O Lord. Palestrina also set this text as a motet, which we hear sung by the Pro Cancione Antiqua. Thank you. 
That was our graduate for Corpus Christi, Oculi Omnium, set as a motet by today's featured composer, the Italian master, Palestrina. Before we go on to the next part of the proper, the Alleluia, I'd like to sneak in a beautiful piece by the Englishman William Byrd, who flourished at about the same time as Palestrina. His piece is called Ave Verum Corpus, Hail True Body, a text certainly appropriate for Corpus Christi. And it's sung for us by another English ensemble, Stile Antico.
That was William Byrd's motet Ave Verum Corpus, Hail True Body. Now we can proceed to today's Alleluia, also a multi-voice setting, and also by Palestrina. Here's Caromea, a text from the Gospel of John specific to the Feast of Corpus Christi. My flesh is the true food, my blood is the true drink. The performers are the superb Portuguese group Ensemble Officium.
That was our Alleluia for Corpus Christi, Caro Mea, in a motet setting by Palestrina. Next in the order of the Mass comes the Nicene Creed, or Credo. Here we'll return to Palestrina's Mass, as sung by London's Pro Cancione Antiqua.
that was a central bit of today's Mass Ordinary, the Credo, in its setting by Palestrina in his Misa Lauda Zion. Next up today, in the order of the Mass, comes the Offertory proper. But before we get to that, I'd like to insert another Ave Verum corpus, Hail True Body, this time by the brilliant and prolific Renaissance composer Orlando Di Lasso. The singers are the New York ensemble Pomerium. That was Ave Verum Corpus by Orlando di Lasso, a motet very applicable to the feast of Corpus Christi. And now we may return to our Mass proper with the offertory, Sacerdotes Domini. Then did priests make offering of incense and loaves of finest wheat to God. The composer of this motet setting is by our composer of the day, Palestrina. The singers, need I say, are again the Proconcione Antiqua. Oh, 
We've heard the offertory motet Sacerdotes Domini by Palestrina. And now we've reached the Sanctus of the Mass Ordinary, the Holy, Holy, Holy. And again, here is Palestrina's Mass in the Procanzione Antiqua.
We've heard the Sanctus and Benedictus of Palestrina's Misa Laudacion. Now, before going to the fifth and last part of the Mass Ordinary, the Agnus Dei, or Lamb of God, let's insert yet one more setting of the Ave Verum Corpus, the most famous one of all. It's Mozart's version, and the Bavarian Radio Symphony is joined by soloists Arlene Auger and Frederica von Stade, among others.
That was Mozart's transcendent setting of Ave Verum Corpus, Hail True Body. And now we've arrived at the last part of the Mass Ordinary, the Agnus Dei, or Lamb of God. Again, it's Palestrina's setting and the Proconcione Antiqua.
That was the on-use day of today's featured Mass Ordinary, the Misa Lauda Zion by Giovanni Pierluigi da Palestrina. And this brings us to the last music of the Mass, the Communion Proper. Today's text is Qui Manducat from the Gospel of John. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Here, singing in Gregorian chant, is Gloriae Dei Cantoris. was a highly appropriate qui manducat communion proper for Corpus Christi. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. We're almost finished today, but before I rush away, I have another motet, one that is always appropriate, an Ave Maria. This one is by the great 15th century Franco-Flemish composer Johannes Ockeghem, one of the most influential composers of his age, and the singers are the Hilliard Ensemble.
That was a motet for Corpus Christi or any other day, Ave Maria, by the Franco-Flemish composer Johannes Ockeghem. And with it, we come to the end of today's program. I hope you've enjoyed the chant, motets, and Palestrina's Mass Ordinary for the feasts of Corpus Christi and Sacred Heart. And I hope you'll tune in next Sunday as we celebrate the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. You can listen again to this program, or to any of our programs in this series, and see our playlists by visiting our website at materdayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. Once there, click on the programming menu and choose the Glory of the Mass 92. As always, we welcome your comments. You may email us at info at materdayradio.com. The Glory of the Mass is produced by Patrick Ryan for Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. I'm your host, Terry Ross, wishing you a joyous Corpus Christi. This has been The Glory of the Mass with Terry Ross, a weekly examination of the beautiful music of the sacred liturgy of the Catholic Church. For more information about this program, including a playlist from today's show, visit The Glory of the Mass online at materdayradio.com. The Glory of the Mass is produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.